This is Patrick Verrill, and today I am talking with Robert Hume, a professor of political science at Fordham and the chair of the political science department. Now let's start with the most recent development, the addition of Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. How does this change the court with regards to upcoming cases? My first take on the Gorsuch appointment is that it probably wouldn't change things all of that much because Scalia was a fairly conservative judge and Gorsuch is also a fairly conservative judge. Uh, but Gorsuch is also a young judge and to be a 40-something conservative in 2017 is different from what it would have been to have been a conservative in the 1980s when Scalia was was appointed. So he's unquestionably conservative, but I wonder if he's going to have the same desire to push back on social issues like same-sex marriage, for example, uh, possibly abortion, you know, affirmative action. Uh, obviously, he's more conservative of a candidate than we would have gotten if Merrill Merrick Garland had been been put on uh, the Supreme Court. And so I think for people who are hoping that the Supreme Court would move in a more liberal direction, there's bound to be a lot of, of disappointment. Um, but, you know, Gorsuch is uh, unquestionably a legal professional. He's unquestionably qualified. And he's also young. And, I mean, I think conservatives look to his youth as uh, a sign of influence in the years uh, to come, and that's undoubtedly true. I think where liberals can take um, a little bit of solace in his youth is the fact that because he's young, he might actually prove to be uh, more liberal on certain social issues than uh, conservatives might expect. What do you think are going to be some of the more consequential cases that, that the court is going to uh, decide in the next term? Well, I'm very interested to see what happens with religious freedom. Uh, what's been difficult in terms of watching the court this term is the court has taken fewer cases than usual because uh, it was short-staffed and there was the concern that they might divide evenly. Um, and the cases that they did take, uh, most of those Gorsuch would not have participated in. So the one in which he did participate involved the Trinity Lutheran Church. And so this was a church that wanted to improve its uh, playground. And ordinarily, if uh, the Trinity Lutheran Church had been any other organization, they would have qualified to uh, receive state financing for, uh, for, for these materials. But because they were a church, because it was a religious group, the state was concerned that there might be an establishment clause violation, and so they denied um, the school the use of um, those funds. So now it's before, before the court, and um, the justices need to determine whether this is appropriate, how accommodating they want to be towards religious groups. And so uh, I think Gorsuch's vote on that might be, uh, might be instructive. The courts have played a key role um, in stopping President Trump's travel ban. Do you see the Supreme Court actually going along with it if, it bring, if it's brought to the court? Uh, and I wonder, can you see other areas where the court might end up going head-to-head -head with Trump? Well, we're only six months into the Trump presidency, and so if we already have a major constitutional challenge at this point, um, I have no doubt that this is the first of many constitutional challenges to come. But on this one uh, in particular, uh, not only do I think Trump might win, but I think he has a, uh, he has a good point, depending on how the case presents itself. And that's because when the Fourth Circuit 
struck down the travel ban, they did so on the basis of statements that Trump had made as a candidate. And there's a disagreement among judges uh, and above, among legal experts uh, about what evidence is appropriate to consider when you're looking at, at intent. Should you look at the law as it was written? So should you look at the travel ban as it actually was written? Or should you look at the intentions of uh, the politicians who, um, who wrote it? And if you look at the intentions of the politicians, should you look at their intentions at the time they wrote it? Or should you look back further in, in time? And many would say that if you're not going to stick to the plain text of the travel ban, then it might be appropriate to look at the intention at the time of enactment. But the campaign statements are off the table because people can change their minds. Um, what people said at one time might not reflect their intent at the time that they actually enacted the law. And I think Trump could make a very winnable argument that what he said as a candidate is irrelevant to the law that was enacted because the law on its face is neutral with regards to religion. So if the case comes before the sitting justices and it's presented in this way, I think it's very winnable for him. And then I don't know that Trump on this issue would be wrong um, either because down the line, whether you're a Trump supporter or not, I wonder how much we want to hold politicians to statements that they make during their campaigns. Um, I think there's a good argument for sticking to the law as it's written. But hasn't he made, he made the, the, the comments about it being a travel man even as he's been president though, not just as a candidate? Right? Well, that's true. I mean, it's true that um, what Trump is saying has, has changed. I mean, he's toned down this explicitly religious rhetoric, so a travel ban per se might not be problematic. I mean, it is a travel ban. It's whether the intention is to discriminate on the basis of religion. Last time we talked, we talked about the replacement for Scalia, and you told me the bigger story would be when Justice Kennedy decides to step down. I've thought for a while that there's a good chance that Anthony Kennedy, who's the swing vote on the Supreme Court, um, could uh, retire any time now. He could re choose to retire this term, so it could be this June. For him, the timing could be quite good. He votes in a conservative direction probably more often than not, so he'd still be very comfortable with a conservative reappointing him. Uh, but I think the appointment of Neil Gorsuch um, also has the possibility to send some signals to Kennedy that it's a safe time to retire. Uh, Gorsuch was one of Kennedy's clerks, and I even wonder if the appointment of uh, Gorsuch was a signal to Kennedy uh, from the president to say, look, uh, the Supreme Court's in safe hands. 